um, my name is Naomi. I'm going to do the Bible reading today, and that it's coming from one Peter two eleven to seventeen. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the emperor. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Naomi. I think I'm going to reach back here. We'll see how we go. I normally like to move around a bit, so I've got a bit of a leash today, so we'll see how we go. Uh, as we said, my name is Matt, and it's an absolute privilege to share with you uh, today. Uh, I've come along here once before. I came along for Jordan's baptism, and um, it's been really great to be hearing what's happening here at Corolla Park. And I've only got one gripe, is that Mark didn't ask me last week, when apparently you had an amazing barbecue. I, w- I wish I was here for that. Uh, so maybe next time, if there's a next time, Mark, please invite me along when there's a barbecue or something similar. I'd love to come along for that. Um, yeah, that sounded really good. I think, I think when it comes to, to all of us, if we think about all of us, I think we're all on a different spectrum. We're on a spectrum of when it comes with rules and instructions. And maybe you're already nudging the person next to you. You know, you know where they sit in that category. For some, rules are what keep order. You can't break them. They're important for a functioning society. For others, they might be on the other end of the spectrum, that rules are more of a, a I would say, a suggestion, um, that they're there to be broken, that they're, they're just a guideline. Maybe you choose what you would do. And when you get married, for those that aren't married, and uh, there's some that I think they're getting married very soon, there's a bit of a collision between two um, lives and two ways of doing things and sometimes even the rules that go with them. And I remember when I got married to my lovely wife, Jazz, we came together and I wouldn't say that we had a, um, an argument, but more of a, a passionate discussion about a really important thing that was gonna, we were gonna have to work out in our marriage. And I think I've got a photo up on the screen, maybe, of, of what this was. It's tomato sauce. You laugh, but it's a really important thing. Where does, where does the tomato sauce get stored? In the cupboard? Yes, you're correct. So we had this discussion and, and, for Jazz's family, they always had sauce in the fridge. That was just where, where it lived. And we'll, we'll pray for all of those that clapped later. But 
Why would you want cold sauce on like warm chips? It just doesn't make sense. Amen. Like that's just not how it's meant to be. And I'm telling this to Jazz. And what, what does she do? She gets the sauce bottle out. And she makes me look at the back and it says, when open, refrigerate after you. I'm like, who cares what it says on the back of the bottle? That's not how it's meant to be. We got past that. Another one that probably shows my inclination for, for rules is a rule that I consistently broke growing up. And I grew up in a family with two other brothers and we love sport. And mum would have this rule, no balls in the house. We did not listen to this rule. There were many balls that were kicked, thrown, there were dents, there were scratches, few broken windows, few dents in the walls. Uh, and we did not listen to that very much. And Jazz and I now have a baby on the way. And yes, we're very excited. And I think my mum's really excited because she's going to be able to exact her revenge. She's going to be able to give plenty of sporting equipment and see how I go with this no balls in the house situation and see what happens with that. But when it comes to rules, I think we also have different views and opinions when it comes to authority, what it means to submit to authority. Sometimes there's certain situations that can sometimes change our perspective and our response. And I don't know whether to share this story, but um, firstly, police are great. I, I love police. I think they do a fantastic job. What they do is really important. But one day I was, I was driving out of a, a car park and I'd forgotten to, it was late at night, I'd forgotten to turn my lights on and I just turned around the corner and I got pulled over by the police. And do you know how you, you almost respond very differently at the start sometimes to maybe later on? I was immediately, I was, oh, I'm so sorry, officer, I've made a, made a mistake. And I was just very much expecting just a warning and that's okay, mate, have a good night. And I was very polite. And then all of a sudden I quickly realized I was not getting a warning. I was getting a fine. And all of a sudden, I changed. I was like, I might have probably not been my best self and I might have said, it's a really important job that you're doing tonight or, or something along those lines. And it's, it's funny how we suddenly change sometimes depending on what's happening in a situation. And I've titled my message, Honor the Boss. Honoring authority can bring up many different emotions and feelings. It can make us feel maybe even sometimes a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe you might even disagree with something that I say today, and that's okay. I think sometimes it's good to be challenged. So I want, to, I want a bit of back and forth with you guys. This, this, I actually need a bit of a response, so feel free, you're allowed to use your words, speak out loud. I want you to think of an authority that you really respect and who's been really great to follow. And this could be a manager, a boss, a teacher, a parent, a pastor, uh, a coach, a politician, someone. Can you give me, how would you describe them? Someone throw out some words. Why? And how, how would you, right answer. Um, how would you describe them? How would you describe these people? Anyone? Trustworthy, awesome. Supportive, yep. Faith. Reasonable. Understanding, great one. Maybe one more. Forming, fantastic. We would all agree that it's not that hard to follow these people. We, we can respect, we can honor these people pretty easily. I want, you to, I want you to think of the other, other end. I want you to think of an authority figure that frustrates you, that's frustrated you right in the past or maybe right now. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're not, not going to... Uh, I realize I might have stepped into something I shouldn't have right, right now. Anyone else? Can anyone describe someone else? Maybe you need to let out a bit of frustration in a safe space here today. Politicians. 
Micromanagers. That's a recurring theme, apparently. Team leaders, yep. Erratic. Selfish. Betrayers. Abusive. Dictatorial. There you go. Wow. See, look, we're throwing out words very quickly. We can think very quickly when it comes to authority, so maybe we need to let out a bit of that today. Like, I can feel the emotions, and we would all realize that it's actually harder to respond to these people. It's definitely harder to honor people like this in authority, isn't it? I want to share a story of uh, one of my friends, and one day, they were, well, they were working in a situation where they had a boss that, to be honest, they really didn't get along with. They didn't have much respect for them at all. To be honest, they thought they could do a better job than this person, and uh, often they would actually have to stay back and work late, and this, this happened again, and they were really frustrated. They had to stay back, just them and their boss, work late, just wasn't fair. And so they went to message their partner, and they were like, oh, this sucks, so sorry, you know, uh, boss so-and-so, he's like this, it's so annoying, I have to work late again, I can't stand to be around this person, send. The only thing is, they thought they sent it to their partner, but who did they actually send it to? You know when you're thinking about someone? They sent it to their boss who was in the room with them. Oh boy, that, that last little bit was a little bit awkward. And safe to say they didn't actually work at that, uh, at that job for that much longer. It was a bit of an awkward situation. Because sometimes how we respond to our authority can actually often complicate things more. We'd all probably realize that we don't have perfect authorities in our lives. And I can't see anywhere in God's Word that it promises that we will have perfect people in authority. So how then do we navigate this? And if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, and it's an important part of your life, how does this impact how you respond to different authorities in your life, especially those that you struggle with? Well, I think there's a lot we can learn uh, especially from God's Word and how to navigate difficult authorities. And specifically, we're going to hear from, or we've heard already, from a guy called Peter, who ironically had his own struggles when it came to responding to authorities. And he didn't always respond in the best manner. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, one of his closest mates. And he was a more of a uh, act first, think later sort of guy. A bit of a hard on, on your sleeve sort of guy that, I, to be honest, I can really relate to. <laughs> I, I love Peter. I love hearing about Peter. I feel like I can relate to him. And there's a couple different situations. There was, it was Jesus' time to go to the cross. Uh, it was his time to die on the cross for our sins. And there was uh, the soldiers that came along and they came to arrest Jesus. And what's Peter's response to these guys? He whips out a sword and cuts off one of the soldiers' ears. Jesus then heals the, the soldier's ear. Another time, Jesus is sharing with his disciples about what, what's next to happen. That it, his time had come. It was, his time was coming. That he was to have to suffer much. And that he was going to have to die and be raised on the third day. And what does Peter say to his master, to his teacher? Peter, in all his wisdom, pulls, a lot, pulls aside Jesus and he rebukes Jesus. He rebukes his authority in that space. And he goes, Jesus, that, that can't, be, can't be true. And how does, how does Jesus respond? Boy, this is a pointed response. He goes, get behind me, Satan. You don't have the, the mind of God, but rather the mind of people. Whew. Imagine getting that, that sort of response in that space. Safe to say, Peter had a lot to learn when it came to dealing with different authorities. 
And so when we pick up 1 Peter, this is 30, around 30 years later after Jesus' resurrection, and Peter writes this letter in 1 Peter to encourage non-Jews, people who have come to faith, Christians, just like you and I, who were faced, these people were facing suffering for their belief. And then there was a call how they were to live in this. And they had experienced this freedom in Christ. And they were responding to Christ as their ultimate authority, the place that they received freedom as giving them the right to rebel against any authority that they deemed unworthy. And 1 Peter is a great book, and we're going to pick up uh, again from verse 11. I'm going to read a little bit more again uh, in chapter 2. And chapter 1 and early chapter 2 is talked about how, uh, as believers, we have this new identity, this new hope, and a new family we are a part of. And I'm going to read 1 Peter 2 again. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your souls. Live such good deeds among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people. Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. There's a lot of stuff in this passage that we can take away. I think there's one really clear theme in this, is that God calls us to submit to authority. I don't know how we feel about that, but it, it, God's word shows us that we are to submit and honor authority in our lives. Verse 15 says, for it is God's will. Sometimes it's a question that we ask, what, what is God's will for my life? Well, in one aspect, it's pretty clear. <laughs> it's one aspect of God's will and how we are to live our lives is to submit to authority. But how do we often respond? Often we struggle with this. We, we challenge authority. Uh, maybe we ignore, we go, yep, cool, thanks for telling me that, I'm going to do whatever else. Or maybe we whinge behind someone's back, we, we talk. Maybe we, re- we rebel, we start up a rebellion uh, against that, those people. And often, it actually becomes more complicated. God is saying here, right here, no matter the authority, we, we don't get a free pass to mock, to rebel, to insult, to dishonor these people. But maybe you ask, what about the bad ones? What about those... Uh, authorities that really quickly came to mind and we were about to throw out those different things just before. Well, surely Peter doesn't mean them. Maybe you, sh- you should see my boss, Matt. The boss is lazy, irresponsible, uh, disrespectful, dumb, wrong. Well, the fascinating thing is that Peter writes this to these uh, early believers under Roman rule. And it was actually under the brutal, godless Emperor Nero. Nero was known for his persecution of Christians. He was known for the affairs that he had. He was known for the murders that he committed to to keep his power. I would say his conduct was far from exemplary. Peter is saying that even these Christians were to submit to authority. You think Peter, uh, we think we've got it hard, but look at Peter and these Christians. So what then are, why then should we do this? Why should we submit to these authorities? Well, Peter says in verse 12 and 13, in, in verse 13, he says, for the Lord's sake, that we should submit to these authorities for God, to serve him. And then before that, it says, pagans may see, so unbelievers may see your good deeds and glorify God, that we do this for him. 
that we actually honor God by how we honor authority. God's will is to submit to authority, not out of fear to them or loyalty to someone or state, but to freely give respect and honor for God. One way we serve him is to serve under human authorities. It's an opportunity to glorify God, to allow people to see his work in our lives. What if how we served authority gave people an opportunity to see the ultimate authority, God? In verse 15, it says, For God's will that by doing good, you should silence ignorant talk of foolish people. We honor God by honoring authority. But also, Christians can be known for many things. Often, sometimes people would say they're known for what they're actually against. But one thing Christians should be known for, those who submit and honor human authorities, to rid false beliefs of who we who we are and what we're about and what we're like. Instead, to be known as people that serve, to be known for how we interact with people that we disagree with or don't have things in common with. How we actually react to hardship often actually helps us to clarify and demonstrate our mission. How do we serve and how are we called to live independent of others' actions? When we respond to different authority with grace and service, this makes the, uh, sometimes this makes the authority's life better, but also sometimes it makes our own life better. I had this previous boss that I really struggled with, really hard to work under. Just, I'll preface it, it was uh, before I started working for the church. Um, <laughs> just in case, just clear that up. Yeah, before I was working in the church. And I really struggled with this guy. He was, uh, to be honest, not very good at his job, didn't really want to be there. Um, and he would sort of, it was a terrible encouragement. I wouldn't say encourage, he would actually disrespect people in the way that he spoke about people, he'd use words that um, weren't, weren't really helpful or useful and people would always talk about him behind his back. We'd always be whinging about him and all these different things. And I remember one day, I was really convicted. I was like, I, I, can't, I can't be serving under him and, and living this way and how I'm called to, to follow Jesus. And I remember actually meeting with the guy and actually just telling him a couple things that I'd love um, to chat through. And the first thing he really said, I was like, oh, I do not know how he's going to respond. The first thing he said is, I'm really thankful that you actually came to me because I know all the time that people talk behind my back. People tell me these things all the time. And it was interesting for me to realize that he knew that people were talking behind his back. And it was actually transformed the relationship that I had with this authority. And although he still wasn't fantastic at his job, we had a much greater rapport and a much greater respect in that space. And the, actually the way that I actually treated him actually, actually made my life a lot easier. And sometimes that's the case. When, it, when we treat authority away, it actually makes our life easier. But I'm very quick to preface that this is definitely not always the case. No matter what you do, sometimes that boss, that manager is still going to be a pain. Sometimes we need to control what we can control and trust God with the rest. To do our part and to trust God with his part. Hebrews 13, 17 says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work may be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. What we learn from this passage that everyone has an authority that they answer to. We all have to give an account to someone. For that troublesome boss or manager, it might be uh, their boss. It might be a board. It might be the government. But even if there's no other human authority, uh, all of us have an ultimate authority in God that we have to give an account to one day. But sometimes we need to just trust God in that space. 
When I talked about submitting and honoring on an authority, I want to make it really clear that that does not mean obeying everything that they say. History would say, and it's very easy to come up with things that come to our mind very quickly about some terrible things that authorities have made people do and people have followed in that space. Obedience of an authority should never violate the word of God. And Peter actually makes it really clear in some of his other writings. In Acts 4 and 5, he's told to, he's arrested, he's told to stop, to stop preaching, to stop sharing the good news. What is his response? No can do. (laughs) He's not contradicting himself in this space. But sometimes there may be times where the right thing to do is to respectfully, humbly and compassionately defy an authority because it's against what is right or wise. To honor, but not obey. And I know this may be challenging, but I actually think sometimes that this is actually often less than what we think. That yes, that, that definitely is, is the case. But sometimes even things that we disagree with, it still means in that space. I want to finish lastly with verse 17 of that passage. Is that Peter names how we to respond to the freedom that we have in Christ. And it's pretty clear here, if not just in authorities, but how we actually tr- treat everyone. It says give proper respect to everyone. It's pretty hard to find a loophole in that one, in the, in the word everyone. Everyone is made in the image of God. I, I want to challenge us today, and I know I've been challenged reading through this today, is how do I honor and respect people that even I disagree with? How do I interact with them online? How do I talk about them behind their back when they're not in the room? Give proper respect to everyone. Second one it said there is to love the family of believers. In John 13.35, Jesus said that the world around would know us that we are his disciples by our love for each other. It definitely talks about loving everyone, but it also definitely talks about how we are to love each other as followers of Jesus. The church and how we love each other should give us a glimpse of how God loves us. How can we love others and look to love others outside the church if we can't even love each other? Why would anyone want to be a part of this if we can't even love each other? I want to ask us, as a church, do we believe the best in each other? Are we quick to listen? Slow to become angry? Are we quick to extend grace? Quick to forgive? Do we deal with conflict respectfully? We're called to love the family of the believers. Thirdly, it says to fear God. Not like a terror, but an awe and a wholesome reverence and respect for God. To actually trust Him. To obey Him. To sometimes just give things to him, knowing that we don't fully understand in that space. And lastly, to honor the emperor. Something that we've talked about before in, in honoring authority. And I think one way we can honor is actually to pray for our leaders. To actually pray for those who are in charge. And I, I bring up one thing, I don't want to open a can of worms. But politicians. Like we have a, I think in our society, we have a very low view of politicians. And some of that is deserved uh, in that space. But I want to ask us, do we pray for people even that we disagree with? Those politicians that we really struggle with. I'm not talking about a prayer where we go, God, would they be humbled and would you smite them? I'm not, I'm not talking about that sort of prayer. I'm talking about, do we pray earnestly for, even for those that we disagree with? Do we pray for our leaders in, in different aspects of our lives? And I think there's a calling to action in this space, reading this passage. And I want to, I want to finish with this. I think we're called to take action, to honor God by honoring authority. And I want to challenge you, where and how is God challenging you and how you respond to authority? Now, three different things. And the first one might be is that you actually might need to forgive. 
Maybe there's been an authority in your life that you've held up some hurt that you actually need to let go of. Let go of those ill feelings. Sometimes forgiveness is an incredibly difficult space to do. But God is actually able to do immensely more than what we could ever imagine. Second one is to take ownership. Just to actually, sometimes it's good to stop and to actually look inward and go, how do I respond to authorities in my life? Stop being caught up in thinking about and talking about how they are and actually to control what you can control. And I think that leads into our third one is to lead up. Sometimes in situations where authorities, when other things are hard, is that we need to actually lead up, to lead by example. How can we serve in that space? Because I believe that we are called to honor the boss. That's what we're called to as followers of Jesus. And ultimately, who is on the throne? Who are we serving ultimately? And that's Jesus. He is the one in the, that is in control. And imagine, imagine the influence of the people all together looking to honor and to serve Christ in all areas under all people. And G, uh, and, uh, let's just pray to finish. Would you bow your head? God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you're in control when sometimes things don't feel like they're in control. God, I just want to pray for those that are maybe struggling with different uh, authorities in their life. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom and what that looks like. God, I pray that we would be a people that serve you by how we serve others. God, I thank you that you see us, that you know us. And God, maybe for some of us, we need to actually give some of these situations over to you to trust you to, to work and only how you can work. God, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.